Readers Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books. Hello, everyone. Happy Monday. It's another week in May. It's so hard to tell what day it is while we're all on lockdown. Um, But I hope everyone is staying safe out there. And thank you so much for listening and tuning in. Today is one of those super exciting days when I have someone on who is all the way on the other side of the world. I know occasionally we get a UK author, and I think we had someone from Greece. But today we have somebody visiting from Europe in Germany, and it's Anne. Anna Lowe, USA Today best-selling author Anna Lowe, and if you are not familiar with her work, I'm going to go ahead and read her bio here so you can get to know her. USA Today and Amazon best-selling author Anna Lowe loves putting the hero back in heroin and letting location ignite passionate romance. She loves dogs, sports, and travel, and letting the latter <laughs> inspire her fiction. If she's not hunched over her laptop working on her latest story, you'll find her hiking in the mountains or biking country roads. Either way, the day will end with a chunk of dark chocolate and a good read, which is right, perfect world. So without any further ado, Anna, are you there? Yes. Hello. Thank you for having me today. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on. I also forgot to mention to the people who are listening that Anna has a couple free audiobooks and stories that she'll give you when you sign up for her newsletter. So I did put a link to her website right there on the Blog Talk site. So if you're listening live, you can click that anytime and sign up, and then you'll instantly have free reading material. So don't forget. So Anna, how are you? I'm doing really well. Thank you. Yeah, despite some of the craziness in the world, um, yeah, we're counting our blessings every day. I will um, just a quick uh, correction, well, not a correction. I do have two free audiobooks. You don't even have to sign up uh, to get them. They're on my website. Um, and maybe at the end, or shall oh, I wow. give you the, the link now? Or how, how should you do that? Um, well, if they go to your website, is there something they should click on there to get them? Yeah, okay. Yeah, if you just go to analobooks.com, there's an audio tab, and right at the top, it directs you to my free audiobooks. Um, and I also have some box sets, et cetera. So, yeah, thanks for mentioning, and people can go straight there. There's also a tab that says free where you can sign up for my newsletter and get even more goodies. But that's the start. Yay. All right. So um, I know you're you're way far away from me, but is it are things warming up out there? Are you guys still stuck inside like we are, or what are you guys doing? No, we've had a couple of weeks. We've had a gorgeous couple of weeks. Um, and, yeah, it feels very much like summertime. I'm a little bit scared that it's going to be one of these things where you, you get the nice summer in, in May, and then when proper summer comes, then it's not very nice. <laughs> but we'll right. um, It's super hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, but we'll just take it one day at a time. We're in a beautiful part of the world, and it's, and it's just, yeah, it's Good time, good time to be here, good place to be. Right. Well, I was poking around um, trying to find out, you know, what's the newest book. And you have so many things cooking all at the same time. Um, you have translations, you have audiobooks, you have ebooks. Don't you have like two books coming out this month, right? Yeah, I have. No, I have. Let's see. I have Fire Maidens Ireland. That's the book five in my latest Fire Maiden series that's coming out soon. And I have 
two or yeah, two German books coming up in the next. So going through my backlist, I'm getting those translated now into German, and those are coming out. Um, so I've steadily, <laughs> steadily getting things out. And <laughs> after a huge delay, oh my God, Audible is uh, the process of, of making an audiobook is it's a lot of fun, where you um, you have your your manuscript or say the script, let's say, and I send it to my wonderful narrator Kelsey Osborne. She works it all up, she checks the text side, and we send it off to Audible, and they have like a quality control. And I can attest that the quality is perfect, perfect. And we right. sent that to them for book four, which is Fire Maiden's Portugal. I sent that to them in January. They only just <gasps> made it live now. It is amazing. No. They are so yes. So my poor audio fans well, are like, you said this book was coming soon. <laughs> so it's finally yeah. out, Fire Maiden's yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm I, I'm just learning how I have books out in audio, but they had bought the rights from my publisher, so I wasn't involved. So my self pub series, I just started doing audio myself through ACX. So I was learning how, and my narrator warned me. We finished book one, and it went in for quality control. And she said, "Now we wait forever." So we're already <laughs> starting on book two. But I didn't realize forever was that long. Wow! I oh, thought it's going to be out by the end of the month. No, huh? <laughs> oh, it was like a new record slow. Like in the past, the fastest they've ever done one was actually like ten days. Ten. 10 calendar days and I, I even wrote to them going wow I'm amazed that's wonderful and my letters unfortunately this time around were quite a different tone <laughs> <laughs> this time it was where is my book <laughs> yes <laughs> well yeah. congratulations I'm so glad it's out now so what can you tell our listeners who haven't read you before um, I know the fire maidens is dragons right Yes, uh, well, it's mostly dragons. Um, I love, I started out writing um, were, uh, Wolf Shifters, which I just love with my Twin Moon series. And then I kind of branched into bears um, in my Blue Moon Saloon series. And those were in the desert southwest in Arizona, kind of your part of the world or where some Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh, and then I started, then I went on to my Aloha Shifter series because Hawaii, right? <laughs> And that was right. uh-huh. really mixed. I had so much fun mixing the species. So I had five uh, guys, five um, retired special forces guys. Um, well, they've they've left the special forces and they're now they're back in civilian life and they're it's kind of a magnum PI kind of deal where they have a caretaker's job on a, a ritzy estate, private estate in Hawaii. And it was so much fun mixing. So I've got a dragon, a bear, a tiger, a wolf, and and who am I missing? Another dragon, sorry. So the dragon's are a little <laughs> bit snobby and a little bit noble, and the bear is kind of slow and kind of, you know, he's pouring honey carefully over his toast in the morning. And, and the tiger doesn't trust anybody, and he's always pacing around the edges. So I have really a lot of fun with different types of shifters there, and I've carried that over to my Fire Maiden series, which is based mostly on dragons. So the, the concept of a Fire Maiden is um, it's, uh, it's these young women who are descended from a great legendary uh, dragon queen from many centuries ago whose daughters were kind of placed in all different cities, London, Rome, Paris, all around Europe to kind of protect, um, to keep the peace among shifters. 
and that carries over to the human world. That's the premise. Um, and that, they have all but died out. And so you have young women who just by chance have traveling or they get pulled into this world that they didn't know about. Um, so that's kind of the dragon angle, but sometimes the the bodyguards assigned to them uh, are that they necessarily, of course, fall in love with because bodyguards, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So they might be wolves, they might be lions, they might be dragons, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I have fun playing off. You can get a great kind of, um, uh, I don't know, what's a comedy duo? And not that these are all pure comedies, but you know, there's like two characters that can really rub off each other, like the dragon rolling his eyes at the bear going, not again, you know, this kind of thing. <laughs> Right. And what is it about paranormal romance that, that um, you know, that you love? Is, what made you write in that genre? Yeah, it's, um, it, I love how it's a total escape. Um, as much as I love my life. <laughs> and I know right, right. Like, we could always use an escape and a romantic escape even better. And there's something about um, shifters, particularly that just, resonated with me right away because I, I, I guess I love dogs. That's <laughs> maybe how I started. And, you know, as a kid, I always <laughs> uh-huh. pictured, you know, a kind of a doctor do little life with, you know, being able to talk to the animals and this kind of thing. And I guess somehow as an adult, <laughs> that turns into um, shifters. And it's just, you can, you can just pull yourself, it pulls you out of your day-to-day life and just transports you to a different world. And, I've always, location is really important to me, and somehow those two fit together really well, like how you can get almost a, a really atmospheric location, you know, like a, a kind of a deserted street, you know, with cobblestones in Paris at night, you know, or the desert in Arizona, the high-altitude desert, you know, the wind swirling in and the, the storm coming in, and somehow that to me goes so well with a kind of, dark, dangerous side of shifters. Not that my books are dark. Mm-hmm. They have some very lighthearted moments as well. But somehow it just really clicked with my love of place. I love to travel and I love those really special places. Um, and somehow the shifter thing just seemed to fit perfectly. And you can kind of play them off each other. Um, the the atmosphere of the world, the actual location, um, uh, and the characters themselves. Yeah, and I was going to ask you, because all of your series seem to be, you know, they're all set in some, you know, exotic location and that kind of thing. Did you travel to all of them? I mean, were they all, I I always call it a book research adventure. I go on these adventures because I I like to actually be there because you can get things that you can't get from Google, like how it smells or where people go eat ice cream and stuff like that. Have you gone to all these exotic places? Yes, and it's exactly what I, I, I uh, what I try to do is to, to bring the readers there with me. And um, yeah, somebody ah, I wish I had the quote. I, I had a lovely review. It was so sweet. Somebody said, ah, I can't remember. Gosh, <laughs> but it was something like, um, yeah, reading is, the book is like going to a different place. Um, and I, it started my very first paranormal book. I, when I sat down, I thought, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give this a shot. I'm gonna write my own. And I thought, where is this going to be? And I thought, what is my most special atmospheric place? And at that point, I thought, yep, I'm going to make it Arizona because at one point it worked in very much a similar setting where the books are set in a a remote ranch. Um, So I lived and worked there for a couple of years. 
Um, mm-hmm. Hawaii, I've spent, I've never lived there, but I spent three months traveling all the islands of Hawaii, uh, and I made a trip back to kind of refresh. Um, and like you said, the sights, the sounds, the taste, you know, uh, I discovered whole new meals uh, on that more recent trip. Um, where I said, oh, I've got to talk about them going out for, you know, poke bowl. <laughs> that kind yes, of thing. uh-huh. Um, the fire maidens are set in Europe, and of course I live in Europe, so and I've been all over anyway. So the first few books were Paris, fire maidens, fire maidens, Paris, fire maidens, London, fire maidens, Rome. Those are the first three. Of course, those are the cities I've been to and I loved, and they it was it, they inspired me. Um, but mm-hmm. then I also made a specific trip to each of those with shifters in mind, um, and that is so much fun. For example, went to London. I'm like, okay, and I had a couple of ideas, and I knew London well, so I didn't have to, you know, do the tourist things again, which of course is wonderful to do. But it was so fun to go to London as a writer and just look around. And it was going to be a dragon story, but the more I looked around London, of course, the symbol of England is the, is the lion, right? And there are lions everywhere. Right. There's statues and lions, symbols and lions, um, uh, like doorknobs and. And that turned, it was so much fun turning it into this whole, like, oh, the snobby lions who run the place and the dragons who are kind of looked down on. And it's so much fun to pull stuff like that out of it. So I've been to all the places. Most of them I was at ahead of time, and that's why I specifically wanted to write the book. But, for example, Portugal I had not been to, and I made a trip there um, specifically to research the book. And I I usually blog um, when I go on a book research adventure because for me um, mishaps almost always happen. Like I a million years ago for my first series I wrote these Mayan vampires, so I wanted to go to the Yucatan, and back then you could climb Chichen Itza, so I went up not thinking the stairs were so narrow, and yes. so you like crawled up. And there's no railing. And I got up to the top and looked around, and I'm terrified of heights. So I'm up there with my two kids who were little then, and I remember looking around and telling my daughter, I'm going to need a helicopter. (laughs) The kids were like, Mama, we'll we'll sit. We'll scoot down. I was like, I I don't think I can get down. I was up there panting until I could get down. So anyway, that went in a blog and I I wrote a series, you know, where I went up to Lake Tahoe and the day we decided to drive up, like this blizzard came in and I'm in this rent car and people are sliding off the road and I'm going, oh my God, we're going to die on book research. So of course the book had to have a a sudden snow. Have you had experiences like that when you go on your trips for research that end up in the book? Absolutely, yeah, and you totally made me laugh. I, I remember coaching my mom down to Chichen Itza as a, as a teenager. That was because you don't think oh, about it. Oh, you did way too, up. yeah. It's so steep. <laughs> right? <laughs> and you go <laughs> up and you have no idea. <laughs> but because your emotions were, you know, it's at that extreme, you can write it and then it comes out in a whole different way than, you know, you're writing a place you've never been to. So, absolutely. Um, a lot of them. I, I guess I would call it happy accidents. Like I'm meant to do this, but something else. I guess what's um, like just uh, like in London again for some reason that's jumping out. Um, uh, I went to I was heading out to Kew Gardens, which is outside London, 
Um, and I thought, oh, because there's a, there's a cute little thatched cottage there. It was clean, somebody or others, like, getaway. Um, and that was my intention. But then I found out that, like, it was closed, and I couldn't get there. And they're like, oh, I'm 45 minutes outside of London. What a bummer. But the next stop on the, that tube line is Richmond, um, a beautiful little suburb of London. It's right on the Thames um, with these really uh, fancy, um, this kind of like manors on one part of that town. And then you walk up a hill and there's a huge, uh, used to be a former hunting grounds, um, I think of one of the kings. So that ended up becoming like one of the huge, a huge setting for um, the lion hero um, his relatives are his snobby relatives <laughs> are based there <laughs> in Richmond, but I, it was so much fun. Just um, yeah, I would never have made it Richmond. I would have, you know, maybe you would have said what you know, Kensington, you know, one of those famous places right. in London. But it's nice to to kind of pull people in a different direction. Or Rome, we got a, a lovely hotel, and it, it's nice because I get to go with my family. We could, and being in Europe, it's just. I could take a three-day weekend and go to Rome. Uh, the way when I used to live in Boston, right. I could, you know, I might go to Vermont for the weekend. You know, no, I can go to Rome. Right, and, um, right, uh, right. And the hotel was in the Gianicolo um, uh, district. I guess you know the Seven Hills of Rome, and it's one of them. And you're looking out from the hotel at breakfast. They had like a rooftop breakfast. The next, or maybe two houses over, was this beautiful old villa with a kind of a crenellated tower, like a castle-like tower. And I was like, boom, that's my dragon's lair right there. Um, so you can really find the, the, the real house that you put your hero or heroine or bad guy or whoever you're putting in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I love that. And I love the idea that you just, you missed your one place, so you just got off the subway and there's this new place and and I think those are those are, it, ha, calling them happy accidents is is a good way to say it but I always feel like um I was lucky enough to meet Ray Bradbury a couple times before he died and he used to talk about that with fiction there's some kind of super conscious that wants stories told you know humans been telling stories since before they could write and and so the super conscious wants these stories to get told and it it if you're lucky enough that it downloads one in your brain you know he used to say put the, the hero on the page and just follow him and take notes and he was really into you know letting the story happen and I feel like when we go on book research and we get tugged and things happen and you end up maybe it's it's meant to be <laughs> exactly I love that kind of yeah almost afterwards it feels like serendipitous like uh yes. like, yeah it was meant to be like in the middle of it, you're like oh gosh you know what this did not go according to plan um but that's the great thing about travel and I love to me that that connection the adventure of travel um, spilling over into the adventure of a story. Um, and then I can live it. And it's really fun for me to write and really fun, hopefully, for people to read. Even if you're not yeah. a traveler, and people are not into packing the bags and dealing with it, you know, the, the weights and the food and the delays. And, you know, obviously there's, there's inconveniences as well, but it's great. Whether you like to do it in person or not, I think it's always fun to do through a book. Um, yeah. Yes, because in a book, you can do it from your couch in your sweatpants. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Whenever you feel like it, and you can reread. <laughs> that's right. You can go back that's to the right. Good parts and <laughs> yeah. 
So I I always ask because we always have readers who think about writing or whatever, but I want to know what your writing journey looked like. Um, Did you always want to be a writer? Did you fall into it? Were you traveling and reading an Anne Rice book and going, hey, let's write my own paranormal? Or, you know, what was your journey like? Yeah, I think I probably like a lot of authors. So as a, as a kid, I wrote a lot of funny little stories involving, you know, my classmates. We would off we'd go on little adventures, and I wrote these little tiny little half page stories. And uh, I loved doing it, and I got good. You know, teachers are really nice about that. You know, about you know, like kind of encouraging you. Oh, why don't you write another one and this kind of thing? But of course, like many people, it didn't seem like a viable profession. Um, and, and, you know, for many years, maybe in a sense, it was an unlikely profession because um, there are a lot of obstacles and there's a lot of, no matter how good a writer you are, there's a certain degree of chance um, in there. Um, so I didn't really yes. pursue it. I let it fizzle. Um, but I always have been a kind of imaginative person. So I almost, I cannot go to a movie or read a book without then making it better in my mind, you know, and inserting my own um, scenes or rewriting. Like, it would be so much better if that heroine was much more capable than they made her, right? So I start rewriting Mm -hmm. it, you know, with with a better heroine or in a different place. Um, So I always have, I have, like, a number of storylines always running in my head, kind of for my own entertainment. And then at one point I was on vacation and I read uh, my first paranormal romance. I had no idea. It was like, seven years ago. I had no idea it was a thing. I just, I had no idea. Right? <laughs> and there was like a, a wolf shifter here. I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. Because not only can you have your dream guy, you know, you, your dream guy can do this absolutely amazing thing, you know, and, right. and maybe you can too. You can enter that world just yourself. So it's, I guess a little crossover with um, urban fantasy, a little bit magical, mystical kind of elements to it. Um, but I had never written um, like went through college as an adult, blah blah blah. So I'm in my late 40s. I read my first paranormal romance, and by that uh-huh. point, I have written a few travel guide books. Um, so I knew the writing process, um, and I had self-published mm-hmm. a couple of uh, nonfiction books. And I thought, well, wait a minute, why don't I? Why you know? Sometimes you read it. The very first paranormal I read. It was fun, but it wasn't really well written. And I don't know if I'm sure you're like this, and many people listening. You know, you've read a book, and you think, you know, I could, that could be improved. <laughs> right. Uh huh. Like, well, that book got published. Why the heck? You know, and I know my story is so much more exciting, and and it didn't have much of a setting. And I'm like, wow, if that had been set in, you know, in Shanghai, what a story it would have made. You know, and and so actually at that time I was on vacation. I was like, okay, what's holding me back? I'll just sit down and write. And I and I did, and I published it, and it kind of unrolled from there. So that I could, I was working a full time job at the moment, and I love that. Uh, sorry, at that moment I was working a full time job. I love that job, um, but I, um, I started writing more and more to the point that now I'm uh, only part time with my other job. So I can um, con- dedicate that much more time to writing. So I I I feel like I'm as busy as a full time writer. I'm kind of I have two full time jobs is the way I look at it. <laughs> but I will yes, yeah, because I looked on your <laughs> on what you've got cooking. I'm like, wow, <laughs> she's very busy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but life is good, better busy than than not busy. And really early on, I was really inspired by. Uh, an author interview I heard with a guy, his name is Wayne Stinnett, 
and he writes, I don't know, like Marine Corps mystery, something like that, like a guy, nothing, the genre has nothing to do with it, but his story was so inspiring to me. He was a truck driver, and he had all these stories that he wanted to write, and he would drive his long-distance routes across North America, and he promised himself he would write 500 words every night, no matter what. So he'd be hunkered down in his little cab. I guess they have like a little camp out, little, little part that they can sleep mm-hmm. in. And he would write his 500 words. And I was like, you know, it doesn't, you know, I've got kids, I've got work, but I can, I can do 500 words a day. And that's how I started. And then it becomes a habit, you know, like exercise. When you're first doing it, you have to drag yourself out like, oh, my God, what am I doing going to the pool at this hour of the morning? But once it becomes a <laughs> habit, you just do it. You know, you, there's not that whole convincing yourself or making excuses um, so obviously it takes some discipline, um, but is really is really doable, and it's and it's an escape too. So it's not a chore. It's not another job. It's it's like a hobby that I get to do as a job. Right, right. And I think that your love of that comes through in your writing too. When you love what you're doing, it makes a big difference. At least I exactly. feel like I read a lot. And as a reader, I can tell when it's a book that a publisher said, hey, this is hot right now, write this, or a book where the author's whole heart is in it. You can totally tell. <laughs> At least Absolutely. I feel like I can. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree that, that it just pops off the page, yeah. But sometimes it's unexpected. So, sometimes the stories that I go into, I'm like, you know, I've, it might be book four or five, and I kind of ended, let's say it's a book four. Like, where was it? Yeah, I ended, I had, uh, my Blue Moon Spoon, book three was supposed to end the series. And in it, there's a reference to um, a bear who kind of, who was a relative who unfortunately died in helping another relative escape something, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I wrote that book, and it's just like a side mention. And one of my readers wrote back to me and said, what if he didn't die? <laughs> what if they thought he died, but he survived? And he's a major, he was like the, the father of the baby, but now the baby's been adopted by somebody who did survive. And I was like, whoa, what if I brought him? What if he didn't die? <laughs> and all of a sudden, <laughs> out of nowhere, comes this incredible, like one of the most emotional stories um, that I've written. Like, uh, and it worked. Um, so, yeah, sometimes uh, it's just sheer inspiration. You can just totally write what, what, pops into your mind and sometimes you get yourself into this impossible situation but with just that I don't know what do you call it? like like a the flicker of a candle like just just all of a sudden one yeah, little but... comment will just ignite a whole new storyline and that series ended up going to six books just because of that reader's <laughs> comment it started me on book four and got me so excited about it so it's funny how funny how things go <laughs> Well, and that's a cool thing about indie publishing is that I, I'm a hybrid. So when I publish with my publisher, you know, I have a certain contract for how many books, but I wanted to do indie. So I started the Muse Chronicles and I had planned it out that it was going to be six books. And so anyway, in the end of book three, there's this fire and it was supposed to kill one of the muses, but there was this carpenter character who was in there and all of a sudden he rescued her and I thought wait what and then I realized oh my gosh there's no way he would have let her die on fire and so I had to email my cover artist and go okay I think we're gonna need one more 
And so instead, the series had seven books, and that ended up being one of my favorite books in the series. I'm like, wow, what do I know? Um, but it's really cool doing indie publishing that you can be that flexible and and follow where the story goes, don't you think? I, I love that. And I love being in touch with readers um, because it, I write the story, but they get one little comment. You know, and off I go in a different direction, all thanks to them. You know, nobody's ever said, you know, please write this book. But just the funny little things that they, they just all something clicks then in my mind. So it's, it's the great thing about the direct connection to readers. So I love hearing from people. Um, yeah, it just adds a whole new dimension to it. Totally agree. And, and um, gosh, I have so much more that I want to ask you about. So we'll have to do this again sometime. Um, because we're gonna we're gonna run out of time here very quickly, but um, before we go, can you tell us? Um, do we need to start at the beginning of each series, or does each book stand alone? Can we jump in anywhere? What do you think is best? Yeah, I, they can all. I write them as standalone, um, but it's kind of richer. You you pick up on the inside jokes and everything if you start at the beginning of a given series. So the first one, Fireman's Paris. Uh, would be one, or uh, Lure of the Dragon from my Aloha Shifter series. And I'm priced, the first book in the series is always 99 cents to make it easy to, you, you never know, you don't necessarily want to commit at that point, so it's easy for readers to explore where they want to start. Um, so absolutely, you can jump in. Uh, Fire Maidens Ireland is coming out at the end of this month. Absolutely, you can jump right in. There's a little bit of uh, backstory funny little things in the backstory that you wouldn't pick up on um, if you didn't start a book one, but you can totally, you can start anywhere. Oh, great. I I always tell people I write them standalone, but I hope you fall in love with it and go, I want to go back to the beginning, right? <laughs> yes. yes, exactly right. Yes. <laughs> well, thanks so much for being here, Anna. It was so great talking to you and we'll have to get, we'll have to do it again later. That would be great, Lisa. Thank you so much. It's been a blast. <laughs> Thank you. Talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us on Book Lights. Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers.